2: Welcome in to the Locked on Bengals podcast on a Thursday. I'm James Erpine on Twitter, at James Erpine at Locked on Bengals. Giving you your daily Bengals fix each and every day here with the Locked on Bengals podcast. Today, where you're going to hear from Bengals Director of Player Personnel, Duke Tovin, a ton there. And I'm going to react to something Jeff Hobson said yesterday that I think a lot of you were concerned about, worried about, hurt and we were squeamish yesterday. If, if you missed it, Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com joined me yesterday. Tomorrow, Joe Goodberry on the show. Today, you got to settle for Duke Tobin. I think that's a good problem to have on the website right now, locked on bengals.com My offseason plan for the Bengals, what they should do, at least in my mind, and I want to hear from you. James Rapine at ESPN1530.com. Shoot me a tweet. Email me. Give me your thoughts. Lockedonbengals.com. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. What we do here is simple. It's a daily Bengals podcast, offering you the latest insight, giving you your daily Bengals fix, Monday through Friday. LockedonBengals.com is where it's at as well for Bengals news, insight and more. Right now, on it not only is is there my stuff when you're talking about my offseason plan for Mike Brown. Every single podcast is posted on the website as well, LockedonBengals.com, but you also Get Locked on Bengals Prospect spotlights so you can learn about Tremaine Edmonds, learn about Raquan Smith, learn about some offensive linemen, learn about Leighton Vander Er Esch. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch, you know who that is? He's a linebacker from Boise State, and my guy Solomon Tentman evaluating him too. We'll get Solomon on the podcast next week. Didn't work out this week with Duke Tobin and the Combine this weekend and all that stuff, and uh, we'll talk more Combine tomorrow with Joe Goodberry. I wanted to start, though. By hearing from Duke Tobin, because Duke Tobin is a guy that certainly respected. I think most fans respect him, love what he does for the Bengals, with the Bengals. He talked yesterday, and there's a a bunch to react to. Let's start with the current players, and then we'll get into his thoughts on the draft. Let's start with last year's draft. He was asked about John Ross, his expectations for John Ross, not only... This offseason, but with the injuries, what he expects from John Ross and Joe Mixon, the first two picks in last year's draft moving forward.
3: Yeah, Joe uh, played a much bigger role for us than John. The question was on John and and, uh, uh, Ross and Joe Mixon. We've had a a run here where our first-round picks are hurt. Uh, William Jackson bounced back this year and became what we thought he was, but he missed his whole rookie season. Uh, John did not get off to the start he wanted. Uh, Injuries played a big part in that. And we expect big things from him coming, uh, coming on in the future. He's going to be a big part of what we do. But uh, it's hard to predict injuries, and, uh, and he got a slower start than what he wanted. Uh, Joe really came on in the late part of the year for a second half of the season, and he's going to be our bell cow running back. We're going to combine him with Gio, and we really feel good about that position group.
2: And they should feel good about the running back position group. Man, I just hope they can figure out how to use both players. I hope they can figure out how to use Gio and Joe Mixon. I mean, those guys are dynamic, dynamic as they come in a one-two punch. And, yeah, I hope so. I hope that's the case. As for John Ross, if you if you're aware of this podcast, you're aware of my feelings with John Ross. He's a stud. And sometimes it takes time. He was injured last year. And when we don't see it right away, when we don't reap the benefits, reap the rewards right away, you start to question it. I got people ripping me on Twitter. That's fine. Do it. Do it. Do it. I still think John Ross has a chance to be really, really good. Why? Well, because the tape didn't lie. It wasn't, he wasn't just a combine guy. That dude can run routes, and if he could stay healthy, I think he'll be a big part of the Bengals' future. Someone who certainly had a good rookie season and should, be, uh, and should have a big part in the Bengals' future is Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson was a guy they picked in the fourth round. Steele from Auburn, came in, dominated, was really good. At, in spurts last year for the Bengals, they didn't play him as much as I think a lot of people wanted to see, including myself. But here's Duke Tobin on Carl Lawson's rookie year and his future.
3: We, we felt strongly when we took him. I, I, I think that uh, if if the draft were going to happen again, he'd be selected much higher. He uh, he came on for us in a big way. He provided last year we were we were low in quarterback pressures, and so it was something that we went into the off season to attack. And, uh, and and we doubled up at the defensive end spot or the pass rusher spot, and both of those young guys came in and, and gave us what we were looking for. They gave us a spark, and Carl's going to build on that. We're going to uh, we're going to you know expand his role as he goes forward. He'll be on the field a little bit more. Uh, talking with, uh, which, with Coach Austin. He's excited to work with him. So we've, we've got uh, we we've got uh, a lot of regard for him. We think he's going to be a big-time player for us.
2: I'm going to remind you of Carl Lawson all offseason because here's the thing. I don't know if the Bengals pick a lineman in the first round and an offensive lineman in the first round. They might, they might not. If they do my offseason plan, which you can find on the website, I'm not sure they should. And I certainly don't want them reaching regardless of what they do this offseason. And last year is the perfect example. They needed defensive linemen. They needed to get their pass rush back. And how did they do that? By doing it in the third and fourth round. It's about the player. Find the right guys. You don't necessarily need to get them. Think about it. Carl Lawson has given them first-round value so far. Looks like a first-round pick. They got him in round four. Everyone wanted Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett! Derek Barnett! Derek Barnett! Derek Barnett! No. Carl Lawson (laughs) I'm just saying Carl Lawson he's better he is at least after year one let's hear some more from Duke Tobin and then we'll get into this draft and more there's two things here that stand out to me and he was asked about because on this podcast I've said it multiple times last year towards the end of the year I would have started AJ McCarron and he was asked about that. Did they consider starting A.J. McCarron over Andy Dalton at all last season?
3: question is, did we consider starting him over Dalton? And the answer is no. We feel, we feel very comfort, confident and comfortable with Andy Dalton as our, our starting quarterback. Uh, we felt good if A.J. had to go in the game. Um, but uh, you know we feel good about what Andy's done. Andy's been able to play at the top of the league in the past. We've got to play better around him. We've got to support him with a better running game. Uh, better pass protection uh, we, we've got to uh, uh, he's got to make more explosive plays down the field uh, and that's part of the wide outs job part of the tight ends job and uh, and and part him uh, we've got to connect on those long plays and, and andy's going to work on that and has been working on it and we think that uh, you know the sky's the limit for andy in our opinion so we did not
2: well there you go the, the Dalton lovers are going to love hearing that. Did you hear that? The sky is the limit for Blandy Dalton. That's fine. I hope so. I hope to God. I mean, my offseason plan is built around Andy. You know, it's built around Andy, but I would certainly consider drafting a quarterback early. You heard Jeff Hobson yesterday Bengals.com. It doesn't sound like that's something they will do. Um, something else Jeff said that stands out to me, that stood out to me. I'm going to let you listen to that. In just a second. But I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Make sure you subscribe. iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Reds fan, check it out. We're eight episodes into to the Locked on Reds podcast. Check it out. It's on iTunes right now. It's on Megaphone. And it's on LockedOnReds.com. The Locked On Bengals podcast rolls on, and Jeff Hobson joined me yesterday on the podcast. I'm just going to take a little clip and play it for you, because this stood out to a lot of people. I've had about 10 different people either tweet me about this, email me, reach out, and it stood out, and I want to react to it. So here's Jeff Hobson yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, but the problem is how much is that going to cost? You know, I mean... they're not going to do it in the first 3 weeks cuz the cost is going to be prohibited. I think they will use the I think they will use free agency to upgrade, but I think they'll wait. They're not going to you know, they're not going to bust the market uh with the veterans. You no, know? I think they'll I think they'll see how this thing evolves and I, and I think they will use free agency to upgrade, but it's going to be as they've done it in the past. second tier guys
2: And I think a lot of you heard second tier guys were like, oh, my God, they're going to go get Andre Smith 2.0. And I hope to God that isn't the case. Here's how I took it. I took it as they're not going to sign Nate Solder, which is fine because the left tackle probably going to command if he leaves the Patriots. I bet you that dude gets 13 million per. He's the only really, really good left tackle on the market. (laughs) I mean, seriously, he's really the only one but if they move on and look at some other guys and i planned on that second tier guys could still mean starters better mean starters and he mentioned that to me the the players i signed in my offseason plan were realistic i didn't go after the high end the number 1 tackle or the number 1 center or the the in his prime 26 year old gonna break the bank no i didn't do that and so hopefully the Bengals, if you like my offseason plan at LockedOnBengals.com, I know I keep mentioning it. It's because I really want you to go there and read it. Spent a lot of time on it, close to 2,500, 3,000 words. It's lengthy. It's in-depth. And it, I think, shows that the Bengals have plenty of assets to be active in free agency. And I look at some of those names, some of the players that could give them a boost. But to me, that's how I took it. Neither here nor that. I, nothing more than that. Nothing less. Now, with that said, you hear, well, they're doing it like they've always done it. And that's the concerning part for me. What? We're talking about change. We're talking about change. Remember, remember when I asked Marvin about change. So what are you going to change to get that job done?
0: I can't tell you. No, yeah, We have to change. Uh, I've, I've gone through it. We need to be better at what we do. And, uh, you know, we're going to have changes on our staff. Uh, we're going to have to gain some better players. We're going to have to look to augment what we do uh, with we have right now on the football team, and, and maybe we're going, we're going to have to do a little better and do a better job of maybe adding some guys from other clubs, and uh, so because we have to, and then we have to look at that as we go into the draft and and make sure you know if this the draft isn't strong in this area, then make sure we take care of it prior to the draft, and I think that's important as well. So. Um, you know, I think those are the things. And, I, and I again, at the end of the day, it comes down to us coaching better and our players going out and playing better. When they run onto that field and they leave that boundary of what they get done out on the field and understanding the competitiveness of it. So being more
2: active in free agency is something that, that you just got?
0: Well, I don't know that it means being more active. I don't know how many we added last year, but make sure if we can't add someone that helps, we add them.
2: Well, Marv, you better add him because if you check out the website, LockedOnBengals.com, and Marvin's definitely a diehard listener of the Locked On Bengals podcast, you will see there are plenty of players that can help you win in 2018. <laughs> Sorry for yelling, my God. I just listened to that again, and I'm like, holy. I don't want to cuss. I don't want to curse. I want to curse. It's it's the offseason. I'm supposed to be calm. It's the offseason, people. It's the offseason. Great to have you in today. <laughs> let's hear some more from Duke Tobin, because I want you to hear from this and get you up to date, because not everyone gets to listen or has the time to, to watch Duke Tobin and his press conference. And let's get to their, well, their draft. In in the draft, to me, it's about offensive line, sure. And, and he was asked a couple questions about the draft. Let's start with the strongest position groups in the draft. Here's Duke Tobin.
3: Uh, I think the draft offers a lot of linemen. You know, it, it, maybe not Orlando Pace, but a lot of guys that will be starters and good players. Uh, I think I think there's uh, there's depth on, depth on defense. I think there are big interior defensive linemen. Uh, I think there's a number of safeties. The corners is a good group. So I think it's a it's a good draft altogether, and, and there's a lot of good talent to be, to be had.
2: Again, you know what that tells me? That it's not a surefire thing that the line is, is where they go with the first pick, 12th overall. I think it's a deep linebacker class. I bet you they had a linebacker first two days just because there's going to be someone there that falls, whether it's the 12th pick or the 46th pick or in the third round or the compensatory selection. And they're like, "Oh God, hey, we we gotta go get this guy. Look at how good he was. And he'll be high on their board. Obviously, this is early. We're still seven weeks away from the draft. But yeah, to me, it, it pretty much shows that if they think that another position is stronger, or or, or that another player is unique in the position group is weaker, and, and they have plenty of tackles on their board, plenty of offensive linemen on their board, they might skip the offensive linemen round one, trade back, maybe something of that nature." which I, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I think right now the Bengals are in prime position If one of those top linebackers, aren't there Edmonds and uh Raquan Smith to potentially trade back because odds are they're not going to want a quarterback. Here's uh Duke Tobin was asked about it though. Here's Duke Tobin on the quarterbacks in the draft.
3: A lot of interesting names, a lot of uh, uh, real intriguing traits. There are different style guys, uh, but there are a number of them. And, uh, It'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, I, I think, again, the situation will will affect how effective they are early in their career. But, um, yeah, I, I do think it's a strong quarterback class. I really do.
2: Man, I hope they take one. I really do. Like, even if you love Andy Dalton, let, let's frame it the other way. Let's frame it the other way. Let's say you love Andy Dalton. Well, the Bengals have 11 picks, right? They need a backup quarterback. And if you draft a quarterback, let's say, in round two, And they develop and they play a couple games. Like, imagine if A.J. McCarron was drafted in round two. Throw out everything else. Drafted round two. The stats that he put up. 68% completion percentage. Yes, did, did he show that he was a superstar? No. But that short sample window, his value's much higher. Second round pick, A.J. McCarron. Did you see him? He won all those national championships at Alabama. Drafting quarterbacks early. Jimmy Garoppolo, say what you want. The kid flashed in like a game and a half. And I buy in, by the way. I think I would rather have him than Andy. (laughs) I would rather have him than Andy right now. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And to me, the reason why you could draft a quarterback and feel fine with it is, let's say Andy ends up, you build around the line, you do my my off-season plan or something similar where you're adding free agent linemen and Andy plays well, well, it's currency. You need a backup anyway. All right? So you take one in the first or second round, you can always move him and get valuable pieces for him if you decide to keep Andy. So that's the other other thing there. That's the other thing that I don't think a lot of people think about. One last one here from Duke Tobin before we close up shop. Quentin Nelson is considered among many the the guard from Notre Dame, the best lineman in the draft. Duke Tobin thinks he was asked about the, the importance of guard play. And then he went on to talk about Quentin Nelson and says he thinks Quentin Nelson could play all five positions along the offensive line.
3: I'm always open to uh, to good players at whatever position they come. Uh, guards are getting paid a lot in free agency. We found that out last year with Zeitler. Uh, whether they change your fortunes or not as a team is the debatable point. Uh, and, and the question was more specifically on Quentin Nelson. And Quinton's as fine a college football player as I've seen in a long time, uh, as complete as I've seen, and I'm not sure Quinton can't play any of the five spots up front, and and we'll see where he ultimately lines up as a rookie and as a second-year player. But um, you know, it, it's a philosophical question: do uh, do guards matter? Uh, every position matters, or they wouldn't uh, be on the field and. And uh, he certainly has uh, earned his way to the top of this draft, for sure.
2: And that's the other thing. Look, if he's that damn good and you whiff in free agency or you really think he could be a left tackle or he could just lock down that guard position forever and you're willing to pay him after the five years, unlike you did with Kevin Zeitler, then go get him. Like, would anyone be mad? Like, would you seriously be mad if they took the 12th pick and next year's first Right, in which they plan on being good. And they had already added linemen and added the necessary weapons, but they think Quentin Nelson's the missing piece to give them the offense they dreamed of last year when they went after Ross and Mixon and and had everything in place in their minds except the line. Would you be mad if they gave up that asset to get him? Gave up a next year's second and their first this year to move up a couple of spots to get Quentin Nelson? Or a second and a fourth this year. I mean, I get it. They have a lot of holes. They need to address a lot of those holes on free agency. They have 11 picks. They need quality, not quantity. So to me, yeah, consider trading up if, 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 if you think Quentin Nelson is that damn good. I'm James Rpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You know who's going to be on the show tomorrow? Joe Goodberry so make sure you tune in for that it'd be good stuff from him on the combine quarterbacks what Duke Tobin has said and so much more can't wait for that until then thank you so much for listening make sure you subscribe iTunes the iHeartRadio app Spotify Google Play Stitcher tune in check out locked Bengals.com for prospects spotlights articles my offseason plan and so much more man I've been mentioning that too much Maybe I have to put a dollar in a jar every time I mention it. Check it out, LockedOnBengals.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until tomorrow, I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals Podcast.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.